Well, we had a little bit of... You did not hear the hymn, did you? Lord, the I love with all my heart. I heard you uh, rehearsing it a little bit before the program, but I heard a lot of dead air, what they call dead air. Boy. Okay. It's such a beautiful hymn. It's written by Martin Schalling, who was born in Strasbourg, son of a Lutheran pastor, April the 21st, 1532. He attended the University of Wittenberg, and was a favorite student of Philip Melanchthon. But he really had a life of great turmoil and religious controversy among the Protestants. In fact, um, he died in December 29, 1608, was buried at the St. John's Cemetery, and he wrote this hymn, during the Easter season. The the hymn itself is considered to be one of the great hymns uh, of the Reformation, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. In fact, I wasn't aware of this, but stanza three is the final chorus of Bach, St. John's Passion, in 1724. So it's considered one of the better hymns of the Reformation time and has a lot of information in it uh, concerning our faith in Jesus Christ. So what is your initial response to this? Well, this hymn always reminds me of our dear friend, God rest him, Walter Hoffman. I think one of the first times I ever heard this hymn was at his funeral. And I'll never forget it. It is a beautiful hymn. Yes. It's a great it's a great, fun, great funeral hymn, too. Yeah, I had preached at that funeral, and that was one of the decisions we made was to use this because he really did love the Lord with all his heart. Mm-hmm. Walter Hoffman, pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Olivet for many years, and he was my father confessor. When I became a pastor and I'd have problems, I would always go and talk to him. And rarely did I disagree with him, but even when I did, I still followed what he had to say, and it always worked out. (laughs) So that's something new pastors should have. Somebody who's been in the ministry for a long time, has great wisdom, and is able to share with us the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, this is only three verses long, but it takes two full pages in our hymnal. Right. So would you read the first stanza? You bet. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. I pray thee ne'er from me depart. With tender mercy cheer me. Earth has no pleasure I would share. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare, if thou, Lord, wert not near me. And should my heart for sorrow break, my trust in thee can nothing shake. Thou art the portion I have sought, thy precious blood my soul has bought. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, forsake me not, I trust thy word. So this was during a period of great persecution on the part of Roman Catholics 
against Schalling and also on the part of the Calvinists. You see, in those days, the leader of the area would decide what religion you were to follow. And both times, Martin Schalling disagreed with it, and he was removed from his ministry until he finally got to one where he spent 20 years in ministry under a person who really loved Lutheran theology. And he finally had to retire because of blindness. So, Lord, thee I love with all my heart. I pray thee ne'er from me depart. So, that's kind of like the Lord's Prayer. He's praying for something that he knows will take place because of the promises of God. Yes, I agree with everything you said, Tom. Hey, did you notice who the translator of this hymn is again? Yep, our good friend Catherine Winkworth. Boy, was she busy lady. I'll tell you, she sure translated a lot of hymns. Well, this, this is one would come one. from the German. Yeah. So he says, with tender mercy, cheer me. How are we cheered by mercy? Well, mercy, we're cheered by mercy because uh, we're not getting what we deserve. We deserve, exactly. Well said. We de- deserve punishment, just as we confess in the confession. Uh, uh, I'm deserving of uh, temporal and eternal punishment, but w- we don't get that because of Jesus. Yes. He's taken the punishment upon Himself on the cross, and so instead we get mercy. And that is stated by what does the pastor say after our confession? Let's see. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I announce yeah, the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's called the absolution. Absolution, right. And it's based on the fact that we repent of our sins, knowing that we don't deserve salvation, uh, in fact, one of the uh, readings for this second Sunday in Lent is a reading where Paul is asking, you know, why do we receive what we receive? Through him we have obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So this is a good hymn for this particular Sunday. He makes the distinction between earth and heaven. Earth has no pleasure I would share, yet heaven itself were void and bare. If thou, Lord, went, were not near me, and should my heart for sorrow break, My trust in thee can nothing shake. Now, that's a powerful word for us today in the society in which we're living in. You are Because we seem to be under uh, a lot of persecution. And at times it appears that Jesus is missing, but he really isn't, is he? Not at all. No, he's there all the time. And he's always in complete control, absolute control of everything. Yes. 
That's something we need to remember in this time of... Yes. Yes, Tom, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were talking. Well, it's something we need to keep in mind during times of confusion and oppression and uh, 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 upset, uh, societal confusion and uh, uh, unrest. At the end of this stanza... He knows that God will not forsake him. But what's the reason God will not forsake him? Because he himself was forsaken by God as he hung on the cross. Yes, but at the end of verse 1, what's his reason? Verse 1, let's see. Uh, Let's see. Forsake me not, I trust thy word. Yes. His his promise. Trust in the word of God. His and the word trust is means believing the promises. That's right. That's right. All right. Go ahead with stanza two, please. Okay. Yea, Lord, t'was thy rich bounty gave my body, soul, and all I have in this poor life of labor. Lord, grant that I in every place may glorify thy lavish grace and help and serve my neighbor. Let no false doctrine me beguile. Let Satan not my soul defile. Give strength and patience unto me to bear my cross and follow thee. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, in death thy comfort still afford. That reminds me of 1 Corinthians 10.13, that there's no temptation that's given to anybody that isn't common to all. But God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability to endure as we trust in Jesus, and he'll also provide a way of escape. That's right. And that's why he says, give strength and patience unto me to bear my cross and follow thee. In fact, he was removed by one of the leaders of that area of land, who wanted him to become a Calvinist, and he refused to do so. And he was removed during Holy Week and was unable to preach the Good Friday and Easter sermon. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'll tell you, what you just talked about, that uh, 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 10, that's so comforting to know that, uh, that, that he will not give us more than we can bear and, uh, and also that all things will work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. We Christians simply cannot lose. No. We cannot lose. But, you know, that causes a question in my mind. I know your church, that you were there for many, many years, and I was at a church for many years, and we never had problems where the church wanted to remove us from the ministry, did we? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Been there, oh, done Members that. of the yes. congregation? Uh, what, what? No, there were there were about uh, 30 people that basically wanted to get rid of me, yes. You're I was. Uh, yeah, I was, I was too conservative, too confessional for them. Boy. Well, I have to say there were some who left my church because I wouldn't have open communion. Uh-huh. And no uh-huh. doubt on that. But not to the point where you were removed from your house and not able to preach anymore. No, not to that point. 
And and that's what Schaller went through. Yes. Charlene. He went through those kinds of things. And, um, yeah, there's no doubt that today many pastors are under that kind of attack, even from members, that they're too conservative, especially if they're Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and following the Book of Concord, etc. Now, by the way, Schalene refused to sign the Book of Concord because of the formula of Concord. You know why? No, I'd be curious to know. Yeah, I did not know either till I read about it. He thought that the formula of Concord was too critical of Philip Melanchthon. Hmm, okay. Yeah. They were really close friends. Yeah, I can understand. I mean, I, I can understand the why he would have... I, I mean, I I don't agree with Philip Melanchthon on, on some of those points where he went wrong, but uh, they must have been good friends. And that, that's always a difficult thing when you've got friends. Uh, that that go astray, and you hate to you hate to to judge them. Well, according to the history, Schalling was Philip Melanchthon's favorite student because he was under the lectures at the University of Wittenberg, uh-huh. where Melanchthon was. And of course, at that time, Luther was still alive, and Philip Melanchthon was pretty well following him. But he got a little messed up on the Lord's Supper. Particularly, right. yeah, and um, well, there's a whole history there, but we're not going to go into that right now. All right, would you please read stanza three? Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abraham's bosom, bear me home, that I may die unfearing, and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing and then from death awaken me that these mine eyes with joy may see O son of God thy glorious face my savior and my fount of grace Lord Jesus Christ my prayer attend my prayer attend and I will praise thee without end I just love that verse and that that verse in particular makes this hymn a wonderful uh, hymn to sing, let's say, at a funeral or a memorial service. That was also the Bach piece for St. John's. He did that on the basis of verse 3. But I've got a question for you. Yeah? On the basis of this verse. He says, Awaken me from death that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God. Now, is that really accurate in the sense that when you die and your spirit goes to heaven, that you're unable to see the Son of God? Well, I, th- I take this as a, as a reference to uh, Job, where he yes. says, mine own, mine own eyes shall behold him in the latter day, and not another. In other words, these very eyes in my head, though they may decay away and uh, go back to the soil, when I'm resurrected, I will see Jesus reappearing, and, and I'll be in body as well as soul, and these same eyes will behold him. Yes, that's how I understand that verse. That's, that's well said. That's a good explanation. 
Because right now, if you would see God, you would die. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that, but you're right. Uh, we, uh, this mortal must first put on immortality. Excellent. Yeah. And that's why, believe it or not, though the transfiguration of Jesus was very bright, clear, uh, white, etc., it was only a minuscule amount of his transfiguration. Because remember, it says, when we get to heaven, though there may be a sun, we won't have need of the sun because of the glory of Jesus. Yeah. And remember how dazed the disciples were, Peter, James, and John. Remember how dazed they were, even when Jesus just lifted up just for a a short glimpse, uh, the curtain revealing his glory. Exactly. But they did not understand that. No. Jesus told them, don't tell anybody about this until after I have risen from the dead. Right. And I just had a study on that I had done, that their view of the Messiah was not in sync with the Old Testament view of the Messiah. They were shocked to hear that Jesus said he was going to Jerusalem to die. Yes. That wasn't part of their plan at all. Oh, uh-uh. Yeah, remember when uh, John, at, at the beginning of his gospel, he says, We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Yes. And so we have in the transfiguration a kind of looking forward to the resurrection of Jesus and his coming on the last day. And this third stanza has a lot to do with the last day. Like he says, Lord, let at last thine angels come. Yes. And this is the teaching in the Bible, that the angels will be the ones who are assigned the task of bringing us to the clouds in heaven to be with Jesus. Right. And the angels will assist be... with they'll assist with the resurrection and from all all points of the globe will be brought his believers. Yes. And so the angel also has the task of carrying our spirit to be with Jesus at our death instantaneously. Right. Yeah, we've uh, had some deaths around here these days. Uh, The one, of course, was our good friend at Concordia Publishing House. Yes. And uh, were you aware that Pastor Burdorf also passed away? Oh, I heard that. Yes, God rest him. Yeah, I haven't seen Pastor uh, Burdorf for for years, and I was uh, sorry to to hear about his uh, passing. Yeah, boy, he was a giant of a man, and he was. I talked with him three days before he died, and. Um, we're really going to miss him because he had a wisdom. He did. That was really helpful. And he had a love for missions. Yeah, I remember those great meetings we used to have up at Pritzloff Hall. Remember those, Tom? Yep. Years ago? Yes. What, he was, was he involved with one of them? Oh, you know, we we pastors would all would gather once a month up in Pritzloff yes. Hall for those uh, conferences. And sometimes we go out to eat afterward, and uh, and yeah. uh, 
he was he was always good to listen to. I always enjoyed listening to him. Yeah, he always had a point. You know, I was the president of the St. Louis conference that one. Right. And we would set up people who disagreed with each other and have them speak, and then the people could ask them questions. I, I remember one of them was on the third use of the law, and so I had someone who disagreed with uh, Dr. Klan on the third use of the law, and I don't think he got very far in his argument. <laughs> but those were really wonderful days they in were. which we were able to really see some of the teaching of those professors who became part of Seminex and are now part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America with many of their liberal teachings. So that's the hymn that we're going to be using. I set it up as the hymn during communion because it is pretty long. It's a good one. It's a great one. Great hymn. Okay. I'm Tom Baker, and you're listening to Mark Smith on the hymn, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be with Wes Reimnitz for Rumination Thursday, and then Open Mic Friday to take any of your calls on what we've said or something that may, may be of concern to you. Stay with us. Long Gospel on KFUO. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.